Hello, my name is Bryson Ross, and welcome back to another episode. I love saying welcome back, like I've recorded a podcast before. But my podcast, I decided to talk about, um, I'm titling it Artificial Unintelligence, which is the title of my second paper I wrote for this class that was over the racial problem facing modern technology. Over any sort of technology, I did touch on AI, which is a big, which is a big issue for this, but just in general, um, modern technology altogether. Um, I wrote this paper back in March. Um, I'm glad I'm finally getting around to talk about this. This past week has been crazy. This is the very end of the semester, so I'm very excited about that. Um, but yeah, let's just get into it. Um, there has always been a race issue in everything in America. There, when people, when people come up, come out with the argument of why does everything have to be about race? Because things were built off of race. A lot of things were built by or created by African Americans or any POC marginalized groups of people. And when things change things evolve whoever makes it it grows with those people the argument today for this topic is the racial problem facing technology um one of the big topics of discussion one of the bigger issues is white people in workspaces where technology is being built and where technology is changing now there are plenty of people in laboratories and science facilities out there that are people of color and that are actively trying to change things for the better, for the betterment of all people. But in this specific issue, there are a lot of places with technology that have a lot of white only teams. And that goes for a lot of things, but specifically for issues like this, um, there are white-only teams out there that are only building up foundations and fundamentally incorrect things for their people. When AI, for example, when building AI technology, you know, there, there needs to be facial, facial, ooh, facial recognition software, there needs to be test run, there needs to be server updates, there needs to be a lot of things that go into it and there needs to be a lot of tests run and they need to go out and they need to collect the data of multiple faces and make sure that AI facial recognition software can pick up on anybody's features and recognize where a face is and where a face isn't and when there's all white teams backing up projects like this there grows to be a certain type of bias that arises from you know all white teams um, when you make when you make a software and you maybe unknowingly build in racial bias it inherently affects other POC groups there are there is a great source that I used in my paper um, 
called Automa Automated Anti-Blackness, Facial Recognition in Brooklyn, New York. Talking about um, how in Atlantic Plaza Towers in New York, Brooklyn, New York, there, um, there was possibility and discussion of facial recognition software that was going to be put into the building and to quote-unquote <laughs> excuse me love how that's in the recording now but anyway that is going to be put into the building to quote-unquote help with the residents of that building <laughs> excuse me mm, love the allergy season anyway um this piece discussed the problematic suggestion of using facial recognition software to match images in an approved database. Approved database. Don't know what they mean by that. Um, that there is a lot of approved databases with already anti-blackness particularly potent in those databases. Um, the way this quote by the author she agrees that the way in which algorithms generate discriminatory outputs is often referred to as bias this is just the plain and simple there's already going to be racial bias in in something like this that um you know a an all-white team will not be able to understand um Another quote that I think is great. She says, I recently conducted a diversity audit of Google and Facebook's artificial intelligence research teams and found that they had one and zero black members respectively. In addition to having little racial diversity on teams responsible for AI, tech companies working with facial recognition systems often find it difficult to obtain, obtain data sets with black faces. When you're in an all white team and you it's already difficult to try and build a software around, you know, typical features that you don't understand, you don't have yourself. And in Atlantic Towers and Brooklyn, New York, there is a huge African-American population in that building. So already setting up, this idea has already set up for failure in a negative way against its own people of the building. Um, there needs to be, there needs to be more POC, African American, anybody of a POC group to be in scientific labs and to be on research teams and to work together and to try and rebuild technology like this. Technology, the world around us evolves every single day. And as much as we think technology is evolving with us, sometimes it really isn't. And that's just something that we have to, we always have to come to terms with and we have to understand that it is not, it's not always changing. For the average white man, for the average white woman, of course, it's like facial recognition is, you know, stuff of the future, you know, it's working great for them. There is, um, there were, there was a quote that I loved from my second piece I used in my paper called, uh, I have it right here, Technology in a Black Feminist World. Um, this quote, the author, 
um, the author, Kay Hall, she says, my research uncovered large gender and racial biases in AI systems sold by tech giants like IBM, Microsoft, and Amazon. Given the task of guessing the gender of a face, all companies perform substantially better on male faces than female faces. The companies I evaluated had error rates of no more than 1% for lighter skinned men. For darker skinned women, the errors soared to 35%. AI systems from leading companies have failed to correctly classify the faces of Oprah Winfrey, Michelle Obama, and Serena Williams. It's, it's disheartening that darker skinned women especially are facing such prejudice like this in technologies that are supposed to be planned or examined to help to help the african-american community to to better the furtherment of technology when it can't even when technology built like this can't even name three of some of the most famous dark skin excuse me can't even name some of the most famous dark skin African American women um this topic has always seemed very taboo to me um in the sense of I haven't I don't ever really see a lot of discussion about this and I would have figured that there was that there would have been a lot more discussion and writing but as time went on when I was researching for this paper and for this podcast I realized that there wasn't a lot of writings about it when I had to find peer-reviewed sources I thought I was gonna have to change my whole topic because there wasn't much to discuss and I had to dig to find even the slightest bit of discussion on this and I have seen I've heard about this for a very long time um, I've seen it myself. I have two dark-skinned friends, um, and sometimes they can unlock each other's iPhones. And they're not, they don't look the same at all. They just have the same skin tone. Um, and that raises a question of security, you know? Anybody could get into their phone if that's the case. If that's, if that's the technology we're working with, that puts a lot of us at risk. Um, unlocking our phones right now with facial recognition i have an iphone 11 and i have facial recognition on my phone and who's to say that in the future facial recognition could not open our doors open our laptops open our smart tvs who knows what could happen in the future um and my solution is that there needs to be more people of color in these workspaces to garner these types of these types of technologies and better it for people so that my friends who can unlock each other's phones don't have to experience stuff like that and our children and people younger than us younger than i don't have to face something like that um i ran over time but i hope that's everything i have to discuss um i've really enjoyed this class so far and this is very exciting that this is the last thing i get to do the entire year and when i'm then i'm done um, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Um, and goodbye.